Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Just B. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. Just glad to not be frozen and grainy. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we have Melissa. How's it going? What's good, everybody? Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope all is well. Had a busy weekend, Melissa. Uh, Popping up at Bar Crows, St. Pat's Day. Uh, I was only there for an hour. Let's not put that on the broadcast. <laughs> I was there for like you an have hour. To ex- explain what a bar crawl to, is to me, because I was hearing that going back and forth. I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's basically you're out all day from like the morning until however long you last, <laughs> and you hop from bar to bar um it was why is it not called a bar hop and not a bar crawl because uh you're supposed to have been at a certain level of inebri- of inebriation so that oh. you have to walk from bar to bar so you're crawling from bar to bar um i did not partake in those festivities <laughs> i just i only I, I can't hang so i only had like not even like I really only had one drink and one shot. They had dollar jello shots, which <laughs> did a lot of people in that I was with. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go. I was only there for an hour, but it was a lot of fun to see everybody. Um, you saying you don't participate in those? Like you do realize you live in a city that paints its water the color of a drink? Yeah, it's crazy. The river is green. Um, a lot of people out and about wearing green and a lot of interesting things you see in the streets, <laughs> people drinking since morning, but um, Chicago's Chicago's fun. <laughs> I bring it up because it's not even the holiday yet. <laughs> the river's already green. Everybody's already out doing bar crawls, wearing green. Chicago takes St. Patrick's Day very serious. They really do. You find a lot of funny things. You could just if it were up to me, I'd probably just sit outside and people watch all day because I got some great content. <laughs> there was, I, I parked at the bar that I was meeting my friends at and um, there was a group of people, they sat right in front of the car and this woman was just completely, she was gone. So they realized I was sitting in the car. I was waiting to, to see where everybody was at, but it was just a bad situation. It was just a bad situation. They sat in front of the car because she had a little bit too much to drink and she couldn't stand up anymore. And uh, I think she was very close to doing some disgusting things <laughs> in front of the car. Disgusting things as in she was going to vomit all over the place. <laughs> but that is St. Patrick's Day for you. <laughs> it's funny that you felt the need to like give the full understanding of the disgusting things well i look at your face and i'm like "Hmm, that could go somewhere else so let me clarify that (laughs) well i feel it needed explanation but then i was like i I really wish she had not just (laughs) explained it just left it up in the air it would have been totally fine i mean when i was there last weekend and after the the game against the suns and we got back to the hotel there's a bar to like downstairs before you go up into the hotel. And there's a girl just like passed out on the curve. People trying to get her up. <laughs> as soon as we're coming back to the hotel and the valet guy's like, drink responsibly. <laughs> That's just, okay. So imagine that times like 3,005 on, on Saturday or St. Patrick's Day weekend. Like See, none of this sounds fun. Like, <laughs> I, just don't, I don't understand the appeal. Um, I'm, I'm trying, not, not really, but <laughs> to understand. But <laughs> none of what you just said sounds like it's something that I want to rush into. So these were what we call lightweights. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I would have been a lightweight. You would have called me that. That's why I don't participate in said activities. I'm an observer. But sometimes, sometimes you can have a little fun. <laughs> Just saying, it's, it's, it's a fun place to be. 
regardless if it's St. Patrick's Day or just a regular Friday night, you might see somebody just passed out on the curb. Mm -hmm. And then the, the girls in the bathroom, you know, there's always like a crying group of girls or one girl and, and everybody consoling her and us doing what women do. I don't know what the guys do in the washroom, but when, when women <laughs> when women congregate in the washroom, we're usually hyping each other up or somebody's having a fight with their significant other <laughs> and everybody's hyping them up. Guys don't do that, do they? No. <laughs> so, so far I've got um, passed out, doing disgusting things, going back and forth between crying and fighting. <laughs> Sounds like Billy Donovan was coaching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thinking of the Bulls, oh yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about them. <laughs> yes, I'm starting <laughs> off. I don't care that we won the last two games. <laughs> because before we came on the air, Mel sent us a stat of based on point differential teams that should have won more games and Chicago's number one. So that automatically tells me that Billy is trash. Wait, that's, that's a stat that you can find someplace. Yes. We're top of the list based on point differential. We should have won more games than we have won. Okay. This is weird to say, but this is actually kind of refreshing. Um, and I say that because, like, whenever I've gone on Twitter to keep up with anything Bulls related, and I'm the person who is like, no, like, I understand people are saying what management should have done and blah, blah, blah. But I think every last one of us on here has said many times that this team should be better than what it is and when i go on twitter and i have conversations with people or even off of instagram i get a lot of pushback like what are you talking about this team does not have shooting um you know that they, they don't have size they, they don't have anything like the management did a terrible job of putting this team together and while i can admit that I think that there were many things that they kind of like did not necessarily prepare themselves for adequately. There's more than enough talent on this team to be much better. So this actually helps me. It, it gives me belief that we were not crazy and that the people on social media are the ones who are crazy because this team should be better. Yeah. I I'm very sane. So, <laughs> like, th this team has too much talent to be in the position that they are right now, where we just got back into the play in. Like, when I was there last week for the two games that we, we lost, <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand Phoenix because you have Kevin Durant out there, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Fine, whatever. That Pacers game, we should not have lost. And then Billy takes two timeouts on the last possession just to draw up something to where Vooch takes a rushed three-pointer in the corner that, of course, he missed. Like, wasn't even close to hitting it. And he's like, oh, well, the play was for Zach. Okay, Zach had... 42 points and you didn't think that oh they're probably going to double Zach so he doesn't get the last shot let me come up with something better to either get him open put our best three-point shooter on the floor which is Patrick Williams who was on the bench for this play or you know have Kobe White out there too but no it's uh I thought throwing this a Vooch was pretty okay he had a good look no he didn't I'm not trusting Vooch to take a last second three ever. <laughs> I, I trust to do something more positive than for um, Donovan to do 
anything that makes any sense. Like I was talking with somebody and I said, you know, I put more trust in having Alec Baldwin check the weapons on the set of John Wick 5 than I do in Billy Donovan coming up with anything that makes logical sense from a coaching standpoint. Like that's the kind of <laughs> lack of faith that I have for Donovan as a coach, which is funny because I was just online talking with Morris about Donovan's coaching philosophies. Um, and we both like were like, you, you know, with what he was able to accomplish coming from the University of Florida and the different concepts that he believes in, because there's video tape of, you know, all of his his um, offensive philosophies that he tries to push. And, you know, it sounded like it was sound philosophy, but at the end of it, after everything that Morris presented, because he, he gave all of this in-depth information, which was very good, you, you know, go check it out when you have a chance. But at the end of the day, I was like, I, I don't see them, you know, utilizing any of those concepts whatsoever. It's like, it sounds good, but I don't see any type of direction for this team whatsoever, uh, at least from an offensive standpoint. Um, and you know, it's amazing that Billy, who is known for being able to utilize, especially his big men and Horford and Noah at the University of Florida, and for him to like not come up with any type of progressive ideas of how to properly uh, use Vooch um, as, you know, the facilitator, the, the main um, focal point of initiating the offense when you don't have a lot of trust in your point guards. Or, you, or recognizing that, hey, you know, this team does not get other team uh, players in foul trouble except for when Drummond is on the court. So how about we just do, run pick and rolls just to get uh, the other team in foul trouble? Like just those types of things that just seem like they would be simple points to focus on, we have not seen from Billy. Um, I give a lot of credit to them now recognizing with Zach being healthy that, you know, it kind of makes sense to just give Zach the ball and everybody just get out of the way so that, or, or put Zach in catch and shoot, um, you know, opportunities, which we've been talking about for the entirety of this year. Um, and I, I appreciate them adding uh, Beverly to the mix so that this team has somebody to communicate something to this Bulls team. But if you were like, and can't take anything away from Beverly, Beverly had a great game. He, you know, his competitiveness takes him really, and this is not to put him down, but takes him from his skill set of being what we might as well just say like a C plus player, but his competitiveness and IQ take him to a B, B plus player that can have such a positive effect on this team, at least from what they need. And I, I give the front office credit in recognizing that they did need a voice, but um, I hate the fact that they need someone to provide a voice for this team, a more a veteran team with a veteran head coach. And they're just now able to understand what it is that they do well. Yeah. It's, I told you, Pat, Pat Bev is the real head coach now. <laughs> Pat Bev effect. Since we got Pat Bev and had him in the starting lineup with Caruso. We're first in defensive rating, first in net rating, 13th offensive rating, which is a huge step up from him not being there and them relying on Billy to call out anything, which he rarely does. I was surprised he called a timeout like two minutes into the game last night because of Zach not getting a foul call that was clearly a foul. It was the score was like four two, and he's calling a timeout. And it's like that. That's not usual Billy type of timeouts. But then there's nothing else I could point to as far as him doing anything effective. I mean, I felt that he went away from Zach too much last night to where I'm texting you. Really, the game plan right now should just be give Zach the ball to move. 
or find ways to give him the ball. Yeah. I was really surprised <clears throat> that Zach didn't hit the 40 point mark like easily in that game. Um, we saw what I called the, like Billy, Billy has this uh, the ability to transform into a human fire extinguisher where when guys are hot, he's able to extinguish it like very easily. It's like, Oh yeah, you're cooking over there. <laughs> you're on fire. <laughs> Let me go sit you down for a little bit take you out of your rhythm and bring you back in a quarter later um, when the game is out of hand um, <laughs> after we've realized what has been working for the team. Um, I, I saw in the last game, he did that a little less, but I fully expected, not expected. I, I wanted Zach to be like hitting close to like, you know, 40 minutes in that game because we, we kind of needed him um, and it was working. And the Bulls don't play again until what Monday? Wednesday. 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 Okay. So at this point, I'm like, and I think they even said on the broadcast, like, no, the, you you need to be playing these minutes. Like, no, don't go sit down. Um, you're not working the night shift at Wawa, like I told you all before. Like, you know, this this is your main gig. So you're an athlete, and we see now. I don't know why for right now other than the fact that Zach is now healthy, but like there seems to be a little bit more of a direction for this team offensively, defensively, they were already doing well before Pat Beverly um, got there. Like since January, they've been like, I think a top 10, top five defense, some, somewhere in between uh, those two numbers. Uh, so I can't give Beverly like all of the credit in the world for them. Cause they were already doing well defensively with that. And I'll give credit to Billy um, in getting this team, which is not known to have great defensive players to kind of get themselves together in that department. This team has been like a little bit weird. Um, so I, I'll give him some credit for that, even though, you know, that's only going to take you so far if your offensive game plan is lacking tremendously especially in today's nba but um yeah pat like what we, we were five and three since pat got here so nothing but positive things for me yesterday he had 16 points 10 rebounds and five assists too which is pretty those are pretty great stats he was six of seven on his shots and four of five from the three-point range that's pretty that is pretty solid that's what we've been needing i mean assist just everything but um just having a point guard has been super important. That's what we were talking about too with the defense. Um, we've been doing great with defense thus far. It's been, I think we've been like top six actually the past several months, but um, the offensive rating were somewhere around like 26 to 29. And now that we're 13 with him being here, not gonna attribute everything to that, everything to Pat, but a huge part of it does have to do with just having a true point guard and then attribute his leadership as well which is something we always talk about too, just him being able to call people out, call players out on the spot. Um, even when we saw him do that with, with Vooch uh, missing the switch, yeah, he, he let his player blow by him, but at the same time, you also have to be ready for that switch too. So just holding people accountable, that's a defensive stat, uh, defensive example, but just holding people accountable has a lot to do with the success, I think. Um, but most importantly, just having a point guard. Like we have somebody who's facilitating the offense. And, and um, Io, Io has a way to go, but he's great. But just Pat being a vet and knowing, knowing his players, knowing his personnel makes all the difference in making the offense flow. And Zach being able to be put in those situations now too, these catch and shoot situations. I think there's less pressure on him to actually have to create plays so he's either in his catch and shoot positions or he's slashing, which we know that's what Zach is best at. So for me and for all of us, I mean, his addition has been great. And it's it's the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, and one thing that he does that Lonzo did was he rebounds very well from the point guard position. Mm -hmm. So He's getting us extra possessions and then getting us out and running, which we needed. Like you said, Zach's most 
comfortable at slashing or catch and shoot. You just mentioned like this team has some more kind of a direction now on offense, and that's pretty much just because Zach is healthy, and now Billy's kind of doing like the old Miami type of offense where you let LeBron cook, which you're letting Zach cook now, and Wade would come in and clean stuff up, which is now DeMar's role, because I still don't – I don't think DeMar's – like fully recovered from the hip injury. Yeah. He, he's looking a bit slow and his his shots aren't falling like they usually are, but it works because Zach's healthy, you know, Zach can take that lead offensive role. And I think that it works better that way anyway, because Zach's more of a threat to score from anywhere on the court. Yeah, the thing is um with looking at the offense and with having Zach attacking all the time. Um, this team has gotten a lot of criticism for having a lack of shooting by putting the ball more in Zach's hands. You are in some ways affecting your three point shooting because when he's going to the basket and teams, you know, get wise and start doubling him and he has to kick the ball out. The people who are getting open shots are not people who are necessarily good at knocking down three point shots. Like we see like, you know, the ball wound up in DeMar's hand a lot for some open three-point looks, and that's not a strength of DeMar's game. Um, but because the offense was clicking efficiently, not throughout the game, because we all saw it, like, I think everybody was, like, losing their minds <laughs> watching that game last night. Um <laughs> For the first three and a half quarters but um you know you see that that they're getting more efficient shots um by having zach on in the, in the attack mode and you know again i i love the fact that with pat being on this team what he brings i just i don't want i want to move past getting billy off the hook but I feel like he needs to like sit there and roast for a little bit. Like, like Melissa was roasting me earlier today. Like Billy needs to cook in some of this because, you know, being, being an educator myself, you know, part of the way of getting like your students to perform is you have to teach them. You have to empower them and then you have to correct them. And I don't feel like in the starting point guard role that, that, Billy's done a great job of teaching and empowering. There's too many of those guys on there who are capable players, but for whatever reason, on a team that is unselfish offensively and lacking direction and was craving direction, they weren't getting it from their young players who were the people who were supposed to be in that position to give them some direction, even with them being young players and with Zach and DeMar and Booch having, you know, the experience that they had we've seen in the past great head coaches empower their young players before we saw it with uh, doc rivers and, and, and Rondo. We saw it with Popovich and Parker earlier on in their career, you know, coming out of college or, or, you know, drafted in the later rounds. Hey, look, this is your show. We're going to teach you, empower you and correct you. And that is just not something that I've seen from Billy or this coaching staff. Kudos to them for finding a role for them to succeed in. And with that um, bench unit of having Io and Kobe and Pat coming together, I hope that it's something that will continue to work because I do feel like a lot of those players have been playing with a, a good amount of energy once they settled into those role, even though like it's a very small sample size. And with that last game, we didn't really see much of anything. But they, at least they had the, the sense of mind to make sure that they were getting um, Drummond touches down low and getting the team in foul trouble. And it kind of helped the Bulls get, you know, settled in the game eventually. But, yeah, like there's just, again, going back to what you were stating before about how this team should be a lot better than what the record actually indicates. This has to fall on Billy, the management, and, well, both. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the three point shooting, 
shoot the ball. There's so many times where they catch the ball and they hesitate and they'll pass it out when they had an open three. Like we talked about DeMar getting multiple open three-point shots. At least he shot it. He's not going to hesitate. He he shot it. He made one, which was the dagger, and sealed the game. So you just got to shoot it sometimes. We shot more threes. Maybe it would look better. Maybe we hit more. I don't know. But it's not just like the three-point percentage is low. It's the attempts are low because guys are just hesitating and, oh, I don't want to shoot this. It was one time yesterday's game where Andre Drummond caught it out at the top of the key, and I'm like, shoot it! <laughs> like, you knocked down four of them in preseason. Just shoot it. You're wide open. Maybe maybe he would have took it if we were, like, had a lead. <laughs> but I remember that play. I, I was expecting him to, like, you know he thought about it for a little bit. <laughs> You can see in the hesitation, he's like, oh, I, I got this. Oh, well, let's pull it back to get a little bit better of a look. But, yeah. Um, but, again, that's that empowering part that I, that I just don't get. I, I was talking with Morris also about the same statement. The Bulls run a lot of actions that create open looks for players where that isn't their strength, like the, the range that they're shooting from. And um, – he was um, he was showing this clip of like the Purdue uh, men's basketball team, and they were running this set offense that's like it was like ram or horns or, or something like that, where um, you know it, it was just based off of the action and the screens that were set. It was like two double screens that allowed guys to get baskets to the rim or baskets that were like open but not necessarily not necessarily three-point looks there are spaces on the court where a lot of the players like Io and Kobe can take advantage of their ability to finish at the rim um like Kobe is it's like hitting like well over 60 percent shooting at the rim this year and that's one of the things I looked at where people were complaining about you know, Kobe not necessarily taking the the, the step um, statistically that we wanted him to, but like his overall game has gotten so much better from a defensive awareness, like his spots on the floor, his passing, his handle, but also his ability to finish at the rim. Like there are opportunities that are there that within an actual structured offense, this team could actually take advantage of it. Well, yeah. Aya, you can't shoot three-pointers, but you can you can shoot in the lane. You can shoot mid-range shots. Like, we've seen it before. We've seen it with Pat. Like, there are other, you know, facets of Pat's game that aren't necessarily just where he needs to rely on just hitting a three-point shot. He has the ability to put it on the, on the floor. He, we've seen him going to the basket. In the last couple of games, we saw a lot of activity with, with Pat with just cutting to the basket but the one thing that I noticed in going back to those offensive sets that Billy was talking about back in 2015 on this video the guys were like he was instructing the guys on where to be but there wasn't any tempo to what they were doing and when he said okay we're gonna play it we're gonna play like have them actually run it the guys were moving like at a quarter speed and it, I said to Morris I'm like it's funny these guys have the same type of lethargic energy that I see from this Bulls team when they're running through sets it's like they're going through the motion and you can't tell me that a big part of that isn't muscle memory there were plays where I was like they were the Bulls should have had like transition points that were coming easily and I look back and Pat is in the background just jogging and Caruso, it was one of those plays like Caruso finished the ball. It was like a big play in the game. Um, uh, Zach threw it to Caruso, and Caruso was able to finish at the basket. And, you know, the, the team was going wild because it, it brought them close. I think it might have even tied the game. But I was like, why was Pat just over there in the background? He was the last person on the play to get into the frame of the half court. 
I'm like, why is he there? Why, why are we not seeing him cutting on a regular basis? Part of that is just being a young player. Another part of that is muscle memory and practices. You might be teaching it, but are you like stressing to them what they need to be doing? Are you stopping play to make sure that you are correcting any type of bad habits that might be seeking, uh, seeping in? It's great that they have a guy like Pat to come in and provide that voice and that communication and that just sheer energy that you would expect from young players. But, you know, that, that's something that needs to be ingrained in this team. And there's too many times where we see them coming out with this lackadaisical approach. And, you know, despite what anybody wants to lay at the players' feet, the tone starts with the coaching. Yeah, that's, that just speaks to, like, the NBA being soft nail, where you're not really practicing hard. You get all these rest days. You got load management. Like, back in the 90s, you know, they'll tell you why Jordan was so great is they practice harder than they played in the games. And yep. he said, because if you practice hard, the games will be easy. They don't practice hard nowadays. So, yep. yeah, that, that is muscle memory and them being just uh, running through the motions like they do in practice. Because Billy's not going to make sure they practice hard. Billy wants to make sure everybody's okay, and he's just going to sit there and chew gum as they just run through the motions of the sets, and that's what happens during the game. You you don't become like a, a two-time national championship winner at any level by just being a, a terrible coach. Like, I think Billy has the head knowledge. Um, like I was saying to somebody before, I, I think, honestly, I just think he's lazy. Um you know, um, when he landed in OKC, you got two superstars who, like, were pushing that team. They're pushing the team because they got to a championship. You know, they knew what it took to get to where they wanted to go, and they knew they had to go even harder because they were missing Harden. So they knew they needed to push themselves. And the last coach wasn't, you know, doing it for them, even though he got them to a championship. They got rid of Scotty Brooks. So it's like, okay. But they, those guys wanted to go. You know, watching Russ, Russ does not have any, like, half speed in him. It is full go all the time. Chris Paul, same thing. You know, he's not pushing the pace, but he's controlling everything. He's getting on guys. I've seen Chris Paul curse out several players on the court just watching the games. And a lot of players did not like playing with Chris Paul for that because he was holding guys accountable, not – like, you need to curse people out, not saying that, but, you know, just an intensity about him on that court. And this Bulls team has a lot of nice guys who don't necessarily want to step on other people's toes. But, like, if you want that kind of role, sometimes you have to go out and get it. Sometimes you have to build that mentality yourself and ingrain it especially in those young guys who are new to the NBA and they want to do everything they can to please the coaching staff and to please the front office to make sure that they get that second contract because like in Io's case, you're a second round draft pick. So you have to go out there and go hard all the time. It makes sense to have that guy that you can kind of just mold into the player that you want. But I honestly, I just think he's lazy. Because he has the knowledge. He does. I've seen, I, I saw it on the video. He knows what he's talking about. It's kind of lazy. Hey, now we have Pat Bev, though, that, who's like Russ and Chris Paul and will cut somebody out. We see him call out Vooch on that uh, blowing hell coverage. Last night he was yelling at Drummond to cut um, when he tried to pass it to him, and Dre just like stood where he was and the ball went out of bounds. And he's like, dude, you cut. Like, you got to get down there. You're not going to shoot a jumper. Cut to the basket. So he, that's a huge, like, that's the Pat Bev effect. We needed somebody to do that because, like you said, Billy's too lazy <laughs> and too nice to sit there and hold people accountable. Pat Bev will. And <laughs> we've been playing better since we got him. 
but that's something that we've been talking that has been lacking since forever. Um, same conversation, just the leadership and just being able to hold people accountable, being able to call people out. And I mean, pressure makes diamonds. You could just allow everybody to just perform at the, the pace they're performing at, but sometimes I mean, not everybody, not everybody reacts the same way. Sometimes you do need somebody to put your feet to the fire to perform better because what we were having, what we were doing wasn't working. Um, he even said, Zach said, I think in a, in a post-game interview, when he was talking about Pat, energy, heart, toughness, vocal, he gets us going. You can see how much he cares about winning and his teammates. We definitely needed someone like that. And that's something we all knew and we could all see. We, we would talk about how our team was just a team of just, I guess, nice guys or, or like a few episodes ago when I was screaming, like, fight back, fight back. Like there was no pride in the game. You just allow the other team to just beat you up and you're not fighting back. But again, that's what we have in Pat. And that's important because it's not just Pat, like that radiates throughout the team, that energy transfers to the rest of the, to the rest of the team. And you can see that again, that's an intangible, but you can see that the energy has shifted in this team too. It looks like they actually are caring about how they're playing and they're having pride in their play. So that is super important and something we needed so badly. Um, I'm just thankful that we have Pat for that. Yeah, it makes me think back to like the days of having Tibbs um, because with Tibbs' teams in the past and even now in the New York Knicks, when I watch the Knicks play us, you feel their presence like all the time. They're laying bodies on you. They're laying hands on you. They're up in your business. You know, it's just they're going to make it tough on you. And that you you can't expect that to happen just within a game without creating that culture, creating that environment that this is the expectation. And it's, it's amazing watching uh, that team for the Knicks. Like those guys are not necessarily great defenders, but they've bought it. And, you know, again, give, give the coaching staff some credit for what they're doing defensively uh, or have been doing defensively since January. But yeah, like it is nice to have like an actual culture setter as a player on the court with Zach. Um, Cause Zach gets a lot of criticism that is unfair. Um, there, like even thinking back to what happened with him last year, like we saw the shooting uh, splits with Zach and a large amount of people were like, what's wrong with Zach? And they were like, it's because we had, we had seen the year prior how, how well he was doing. And he had an amazing year um, last year. And, but the, the story around him was like, what's, what's wrong with him? Like, how come he's not shooting? How come he's not finishing as much? And even like this year, like with the stats that he's been putting up since the All-Star break, you are not, and, and even just in general, you don't seeing shooting guards who are scoring as much as he is with the efficiency that he is doing it. He's almost like at a 50, 40, 80 clip. Like that's just not happening in today's NBA where so many players are just a bunch of chuckers. Like even watching, um, you know, against that Denver team, like um, Michael uh, Porter Jr. Like he's known as a score. The dude just chucks up shots. You know, I've, watched him throughout you know this year in particular because I just have NBA league pass and I, I'm trying to get my money's worth and watch everything the dude just chucks up shot it doesn't matter like if it's a good shot if it's a bad shot if it's in within the flow of the offense he's just a chucker Zach is not just a chucker and you know for those people who are like oh you know all he does is score well he does it at a rate that's like better than just about everybody else in the NBA. Um, and we're seeing that on display now. So it is nice that Zach has somebody to run with him, competitively speaking. And, you know, hopefully we can make our, our way into the uh, play-in tournament if this continues. Yeah, well, we're in the 10th spot now since we won last night and, and I think the Wizard lost two in a row. So 
we are in the last playing spot. We're like two and a half games out of the eighth seed, which is the Hawks. We are up 2-1 in that season series, and we have one more game to play against them. So that could be very important to where we move up. And we're not looking at playing two road games just to get into the playoffs. I want to say it's April that we play the Hawks. Yeah, I think it's like April 3rd, something like that. Um, I know coming up, we, I don't know why, like this week and last week, we're having like these big breaks in between games. We don't play till Wednesday and play Sacramento, which is like been red hat, <laughs> the bean team. No, That's I mean, <laughs> They're like second in the West, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, we just beat first in the West in Denver, so it's not out of the question to beat them. It's a home game in Chicago. Um, then we have the Timberwolves on Friday and the Heat Saturday. All three of those are home games at the UC. Yeah, but even with that one versus like Sack, um, the matchups actually favor the Bulls with that one because they don't have a, a defensive big. Um, they have Sabonis, but he's not known as a, a defender. So, like, if the Bulls are smart, they would be able to utilize Vooch down low and just like work him within, like, make him like the framework of what you're going to be doing. And then there's nobody. Other than Harrison Barnes, who might give like a little bit of deterrence for Zach, there, there's there's no body at the rim that should stop Zach from being able to get his shot up at the rim, and no one, no like real defender in order like that's going to provide a, a lot of um, issues with him around the perimeter. Um, there's no, there's also like with their players having a wing like Demar also. DeMar should be able to go to work um, in some ISO situations that are efficient for them with them running their offense. That's a winnable game. Um, even with Sacramento being like the second, second team in the West, that's still like a, it's a matchup that favors what the Bulls are throwing out there, especially with these small lineups that they have. I mean, Booch just played outplayed Jokic when we beat the Nuggets, so... Go through Vooch, let Zach cook. It should be a win. Vooch was like, I am Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, the Kings and the Timberwolves and the Heat are three games for this week. All home games. It's like we got what two two three days rest before we play the Kings, and then the Wolves and Heat are back to back on Friday and Saturday. Wolves and Heat. Mm. It's it. You said they're home games for us. Yep. Okay. All three are home games. I have to worry about anybody going out in that Miami nightlife and partying. That's a good thing. But, but this team doesn't seem like they have a lot of players who like get caught up in that. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, like they don't strike me as club guys. Like I mean, I don't know anything about them, but like just in general, like that does not seem like the kind of thing that they, a lot of those guys are into. Yeah. Um, other than like team celebrations, like birthdays and stuff, I don't think so. Um, the week after this one, we have a home and home with Philly. Ooh. In Philly on Monday and then at Chicago on Wednesday. 
What do you think? <laughs> you think Booch can be a demon slayer in that Philly game? Because, like, we, we beat them last time. In his head. <laughs> we beat them last time, but Embiid didn't play. Yeah. So, Embiid still has the undefeated streak when he plays us. I just which, see that meme of his. It, it's got to be broken. <laughs> It's got to be broken. Yeah, at some point. Especially if we're we're now fighting to keep the 10th spot or move up as much as we can. They have to win in at least one of those games against Philly. They should be playing with a chip on their shoulder, hopefully with Pat being here. <laughs> I hope he's done his research on that and knows the <laughs> smack that has been talked about his team. And Rightfully he, so, but I hope that that uh, I hope this changes the amount of fight that goes into this game. Pat cussing everybody out like <laughs> you gonna let him keep beating him. Right, exactly that. <laughs> I, I love Pat's ability to like point out the obvious. Like, yeah, I'm gonna make Zach take more shots. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it makes sense. Oh, but the ball's in the air. I know I'm only six foot two. I'm going to go after the ball. <laughs> it's good things happen when you get control of the ball. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's pretty obvious. That's why we were so frustrated because we we're always talking about the things that were so obvious to us. And we're like, it's not connecting. Like, what is going on? Why? It's so all these things are so obvious, but it's not happening. Um, somebody was talking to me about like being concerned with the small ball lineup too um, on the rebound standpoint. And I actually had mentioned that too, like, yeah, we don't, we lack size obviously with the small ball lineup, but the effort is there with AC and Pat. So of course we don't have the size, but just knowing that they're going to go chase after every ball that they can after the shot goes up makes a difference. It's not always about height. Of course you have an advantage with the height, but Oh, that's a, that's very much like an effort stat too, just in anticipating where the ball goes and actually running to it. So I don't know. Yeah, this this whole record. That, huh? That's the thing though. Like if you're watching the NBA, a lot of teams don't have size. A lot of teams are playing small ball lineups. Like it's just a matter of see the ball, get the ball, um, and like last night was great because what was like the last time I stopped counting we had like 19 second chance points um and yeah we do face those times where teams are bigger but they are few and far between that teams are just way bigger than what we are um so just having the wherewithal to like oh you know the ball is up in the air instead of me and that again goes back to muscle memory are you like so concerned about getting back and covering the fast break or getting out on and running? Or are you concerned about just the fundamentals of going and getting the ball? The more times you have that ball and you keep the ball away from the other team, good things are going to happen. So I love Pat's just, I'm going to do the simple. Cause I think that that is something that was just lacking on this team. Can we execute the simple? And you're seeing a lot of that, um, a lot of good things happening. Although last night, like, I don't know what was going on in the last like minute and 50 seconds where like they couldn't inbound the ball correctly and, you know, almost coughed up a lead. But we have not seen a lot of that since Pat has been back here. Yeah, he had like eight rebounds himself. Stacy said on the, Broadcast, no, in Pat Bev's mind, he's he's six foot seven, <laughs> and that's how he plays. So it all pretty much goes down to effort. <laughs> Do, will you give that effort to go rebound or dive on the floor for a 50 50 ball? We know Pat will, and man, he had like eight rebounds by himself from the point guard position, six two guy. It was. What, one game where he had more rebounds than Vooch? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed in that last game, 
I saw it for me, and I'm just like trying to be like as objective as possible. Bulls got away with a lot of fouls um, that did not get called. But because that energy was there, because they were moving with effort and pace, refs can't call at all. So if you just keep moving and keep cutting and doing what you're supposed to be doing, more good things are going to happen. Because there was a, quite a few plays where I was like, oh, it looks like Pat and Caruso kind of got away with a couple of things. It was in our favor. So I don't care. Great thing for us. But the more effort that you put into it, the more that you're going to get out of it. And it's, it is refreshing seeing somebody kind of just move with a purpose and like they just generally care about winning the game. Certain refs can't call it all. That's true. Tony Brothers. <laughs> I knew you were going with that one. <laughs> I mean, some refs call shit that's not there. Take Donovan Mitchell's 71 point game. But yeah, I- I'm glad we were able to get away with a few ones because they owe us quite a lot. Shout out to. Um, who who was the player that went on the tirade about the refs and got fined? Fred Van, that was Van Fleet, right? Fred Van Fleet. Shout out Fred Van Fleet for being a real one, because <laughs> he said everything that Bulls fans have been complaining about, like this whole season with the refs. Something we wish like Billy Donovan would do and just take the fine, but. Of course, Billy's useless as usual. But yeah. <laughs> as I was watching that, because I was just laughing throughout it, but I would I would love to see like like again, shout out to him for him like calling that out. I would love to see a player up there with a pen just writing and like you don't know what he's writing down, and it's like his checkbook, and he's just writing the check and at the end. He just takes it and slams it down on the ground like, yeah, I got enough money to just pay this fine. I'm going to say whatever it is that I want to. But, yeah, I, I give him a lot of credit um, because the refs got in the way of the game. I, I don't know what he saw or thought that he saw that, like, made that ref, like, kick Barnes out of that game at that particular moment. But, yeah, shout out to him for, for keeping it real. Yeah, so – Kings, Wolves, Heat. Where are we doing? I'm going to go out on a limb and go 3-0, which is crazy. 3. 3 and 0. Everybody's going 3 and 0 with this one. Rarity. What? <laughs> That's the that is the Pat Bev effect too. It's the Pat Bev effect. My my only like concern was like gonna be against Miami. I think Pat Beverly can match Jimmy Butler's intensity. Like I honestly think that, um, like because you know Jimmy's gonna be giving it because he always gives us fit. But I I think that Pat Beverly's gonna do the same thing. I believe we're two zero against Miami this season, right? I think so. Yeah, three and a. <laughs> That and Duncan Robinson, who usually kills us, like he is something's wrong with his thumb, just watching them play against the Magic. So I don't even think he's going to be playing in that game. So, yeah, so we'll be looking to go 3 0, climb up the standings, maybe fight our way into the sixth spot. Who knows? I don't know. I know we're like 2.5 out of. Eighth, so crazier things have happened. And we just got hope for the best here. Because <laughs> it does not look like they are going the tank route, which a lot of people are hoping for. So hope to <laughs> yeah, hope to, to get a pick that doesn't belong to you or <laughs> hope to make some noise in the playoff like yeah i'd rather try to go control my own destiny and make some noise in the playoffs if you can get in 
like that that never made any sense to me um especially when you have players on this team that were not with us during the playoffs last year that need that experience if um you got you have to find out how pat williams is able to deal with this type of with that type of intensity uh, with him having like a full year under his belt to like really show what he can do um we got to see how this team can respond with having a, a viable point guard on their team like pat beverly um, there's there's a lot of mental toughness that this team needs to go through a uh, shout out to caruso and saying like there are no trap games for this team like we're not good enough to have a trap game like we need to bring our a game every single game and before it was really just caruso to point those things out or maybe sometimes you would have demar saying you know we have enough to win but we just got to go out there and do it but now you actually have a guy who's who's about that life you know so with pat beverly um you know I, I like our chances. Um, we've already proven without him that this team can make some noise against the better teams in the Eastern Conference, at least. They're, and again, you know, going back to what you were saying before about how this team should have more wins, there isn't a team outside of Milwaukee that poses that much of a difference skill-wise because Milwaukee's just big and they play with their big. It's like the only team in the NBA that really uses a bunch of bigs to throw at you. Um, but there isn't any other team that just totally overmatches what the Bulls have on their current roster. So you're better off going for it now with Golden State not really having a good year with, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the West especially with uh, John Morant, who doesn't seem to understand the rules of going into a gentleman's establishment that you are the person to keep your clothes on and the other people take their clothes off. Never been there before, but I, I assume that that is how that works. Um, and in the Eastern Conference, you know, anything can happen. So, um, I mean, Boston, they, they don't even have their coach from last year, the one who instilled the defensive concepts that made them so tough last year and um so you know and oh even with milwaukee i forgot chris middleton has been hurt the entirety of the year watching him last night against the golden state Warriors, like that man looks like a shell of himself like there, i don't see him being like fully prepared and functional and ready to go like we're used to seeing with chris middleton in the past so you know you might as well take your your shot while you can yeah so there's still hope for this postseason run. So I, you know, I would not get my hopes up of us somehow falling to fifth worse and then the lottery odds being in our favor to where we keep this pick <laughs> that we do not have. And yeah, man, you know, before wrap this up public service announcement if you were ever at a bulls game at the united center and they have a garage sale you need to go and check it out <laughs> my boy john noons came up we were at the game they had the garage sale and it's like yeah they had they have former players like sign Lori marketing and chris dunn jerseys for like real cheap and i'm like i'm good uh, I'm, I'm gonna take these snacks back to the seat with my fiance in <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'll watch the third quarter. And after the game, he comes, he's like, look, I got you something. And he hands me this envelope. And it was a signed DeMar DeRozan photo, which said was like 10 bucks. So you if, you're, if they ever have a garage sale, just go over and see what they have. <laughs> got to do it. And all the proceeds go to Bulls Charity. Nice. So, yeah, until the next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Tennis game over, the horn blows.